1: All right, men, if you can make your way to your seat, we're going to get started here. Welcome to Man Challenge. It's a joy to be with you this morning. We have a new room, but the same message. New room, same message, the same message as Jesus. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. I'm excited about our message that we will have this morning as we continue our series on Wreck the Roof. Last week we looked at watch for opportunities. This week we're going to be looking at removing obstacles. One of our values with the men's ministry that I want to highlight briefly is we want to develop authentic, intentional relationships. Authentic, intentional relationships the US Treasury and federal agents, they don't learn to spot out counterfeit bills by looking at counterfeit. What the United States Treasury or federal agents do to pick up the counterfeits is they study what the authentic ones look like and they become masters at it. When I look around this room, that's one of the things that we wanna develop are authentic and real relationships. And you can spot out a fake one simply very easily. But the real ones, and I got to be honest, I'll just put this personal with myself. Some of the greatest relationships I've ever had outside of my wife are in this room. Friendships that are authentic, that I can do life with. Steve Fahar in his book, um, Finishing Strong, he talked about that there's three kinds of men Men that finish poorly, men that finish so-so, and men that finish strong. If we want to finish strong, guys, we have to develop some authentic and intentional relationships. And I think they can come within this room. Next Thursday, got a couple of announcements before we bring up our speaker. Next Thursday um, is the first Thursday of the month. We have been meeting at 515 to 545 for a um, a time of prayer. And it's been a cool thing to watch that happen. That's men throughout our church. We will start at exactly 515 and we will end at exactly 545. So I want to challenge you. I want to not challenge you. I want to challenge you and invite you to be part of that next Thursday at 515 in room 108 and 109. As soon as you walk in the double doors from the parking lot, you'll just turn left. It's right there in the atrium. It's an easy spot. Challenge you and welcome you to be part of that. Van Tabner says this about prayer. It's the, the thermometer of the church is its prayer meeting. That's what we want to be about. We want to be about men of prayer and watch what God does through those prayers. I want to bring out our speaker. Come on up here, Joe. Give it up for Joe Donaldson. You almost feel weird introducing somebody that somebody, people already know, okay? So I, I have known Joe for um, over two decades. I've known Joe for over two decades and I've watched Joe for over two decades. And um, he is, he's as good of a Bible teacher as I've ever come across. And this makes him more uncomfortable than speaking, me bragging on him, okay? We are blessed to have him. He runs a ministry called Potter's Wheel. It's a fantastic. He does a lot of retreats, outings. If you don't know this guy, you are, um, you're missing out. John, I want to ask you one question. I don't want to cut in your time because I'm looking forward to taking some notes on you, buddy. You've been walking with the Lord a long time. And um, the Bible talks about how when the people are, when Moses are leading the people out of Egypt, and it says that, that God fed them manna every single day, and they were to eat that fresh manna. Not yesterday's manna, not tomorrow's manna, but fresh daily manna. How does somebody that's been walking with the Lord as long as you have, how do you get that fresh manna?
2: Okay. So when he says, I've been walking with the Lord for a long time, what he means is kind of old. And uh, uh, I, I, that's fair. It's, it's uh, uh, a... <laughs> I'm 62, I'm going to be 63, you know, uh, parents raised me, came to the Lord early, and la- so you're right, I, I've been walking with the Lord for over 50 years, there's people in here who have been longer than that, and when you first said something to me about that, I thought, ooh, that's a good question, because really easy, I, for me, it's really easy to coast, I mean, I, it's really easy to, I mean, I, I know enough, I don't get embarrassed by not knowing stuff, I still have a hard time finding stuff in the Bible, but... Uh, and some days I'm a whole lot better than others. But when you ask me how do you keep on doing that, you have to have a desire to do that. And the desire is from remembering how that impacts me to hear from him anew, to sense his presence anew. So, so it always comes back to the desire, to, yeah. to that believing, believing that, that he does have something new and fresh for me. And uh, so I, I, it's a humbling question, because I think it's really easy to be to settle. Uh, and so, I, actually, you, you challenged me well this morning to say, you know, do I really believe that, that God has something new for me today? And I, and I mm-hmm. believe he does up here, but I have to, in, you know, in my heart say, yeah, he, every day he has something for me. Yeah, that's a great And so, so
1: thank you for, for reminding me of that and stuff, yeah. so challenging me in that way. Hey, Ronnie sent out a text uh, to, your, to your wife and to your children, and... Um, Here's some of the things that Pam said about you. That she loves your willingness to listen. Um, you always consider others' needs above yourself. The thing that she loves the most, man, I was encouraged. I was challenged by this. is um, She loves how you take her mom on rides in the country. It's, it's good to stuff right there, to get away right from there, my man. wife, but go ahead. Yeah, you always go the extra mile. Here's what Drew said. Drew says um, he loves your humor. And it's not so much your your sense of humor, he said, but it's your readiness to laugh. And that's cool that your boy picks up on that. And um, you've taught him how to have a servant's heart and um, that you teach through your actions. Here's what your daughter said. And she said the favorite thing is he supports me and believes in me and I'm never worried if he'll be disappointed in me. Man, that's, that's good stuff. I don't want to cut in your time, man. I'm going to pray for Joe, and then he's going to give us a word. Father, I thank you for your love and your grace. I thank you for a room full of men that just want to hear from you. So, God, I pray that you, um, you be with Joe. I pray that Joe's words will be your words. Father, I pray that he will be a man that will hide behind his Bible, but make the Bible come alive in an incredible way that we will all walk out challenged. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give it Amen. up for Joe. Amen.
2: How many of you guys uh, ever watched the show American Ninja Warrior? Anybody? Ah, oh, yeah, there you go. It's been going on for 14 seasons now. I didn't realize it's been that long. You know, it's kind of easy concept. They they develop this really intricate, difficult obstacle course, and then people from all walks of life, but who are really you know uh, skilled, uh, fit people, try to complete this course. And yeah, at the end of the season, they'll have a champion. And uh, you know, it, it's just, it's kind of classic, uh, easy. It's easy to jump in and watch it, and, uh, and it's, it's a cool thing. I, I think obstacle courses are kind of cool. I think we all kind of grow up with those, think about it. They, they take it to another level, and so I was thinking about that. I thought, you know, that'd be kind of a cool thing, and so today, and I think Andy has the slide up here, today we're going to do something in here. We're going to have the first ever Southeast Men's Ministry Ninja Warrior Competition, So we're gonna have in this room, I set up last night, I came in and I set up an obstacle course in this room. We're gonna have two people compete against each other to become, you know, named as the grand champion, the the Southeast Men's Ministry, American Ninja Warrior champion, all right? So, so we're gonna, this is pretty exciting, right? So some of you are out right there saying They could be, so I thought we could just take volunteers to do that and, and, and that would be cool. But then I thought, well, you know, I, I kinda wanna, well, I'm a little bit of a control person, so I, I wanna control that a little bit more. And so I, I, thought, I thought, well, you know, who, who would represent this group well? Who could people get behind? And so my thought was, uh, you know, Chris Morgan was just up here, so I, I thought, well, I'm going to have Chris do it. I mean, he's he's F fellowship of Christian athletes. He's you know, kind of this middle aged macho dude sort of thing, you know. so I, I thought, we'll have Chris do it. And then who should compete against Chris? And then I thought, well, I mean, you know, I mean, Chris Burke. We got the Chris is going against the other Chris Burke, Chris Morgan. You know, Hall of Fame baseball player. I mean, that's what isn't that right? Uh, is he did he come in? Did, is Chris here? Oh, there he is over there. Kind of, I see orange flash over there. So if. if if Chris and Chris would come up here, I, I would appreciate it. It really would help the lesson if you guys would come up and you compete in the first ever Southeast American Ninja Warrior competition. Come on, that's coming out here. All right, all right. Now, now they know nothing about this. They know nothing about this, it, it, but it, it, this is integral to the lesson, though. No, 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 buddy, you're not on the stage. Get on down there. Come on Whoa. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, all right. So, uh... So what you're going to do, you're both going to you're going to have parallel courses. They are identical, okay? And so what's going to happen, you're going to start here back to back. You'll go that way. So over here on the side there are three traffic cones. There's there's two orange and a green. They're they're right over here in this front area. So you're going to go over and you're going to pick up the three traffic cones and then back here at the this middle column uh, right past that middle column, there's an eight foot long table, okay? Uh, it's right, actually, it's right behind the columns. So you can't see it. There's an eight foot long table. Guys, raise your hand if you're next to the table, right? See, there, it's right back there. You have to, you got the three cones. You have to go over or under that table. You cannot go around the table. You can go through the table, whatever, but you gotta, you, you and the cones. It's, it's back there. Gosh, guys, I can't. It, it's, it's come over here, Chris. Good. Yeah, it, it, it's just an eight foot long table. It's right there. You have to go over or under that table with the cones. You can throw the cones over, whatever, but you and the cones have to go over or under the table. You can't go around it. Then, right back there where these guys are standing, there's, there's a tall table. See, he moved there because he, he feels Right? There's a tall table with a Bible on it. Chris, yours is right back there. See, there's a tall table, you know, and Andy's going to go over there and stand by it. And there on it is a Bible, and today's passage is Acts chapter 10. So you have to open the, you can set the cones down, open the Bible up, go to Acts chapter 10, verse 1, point at it, and, and the person, there'll be a person there who will say, okay, yes, you got it. And then from there, there's a music stand right in front of Larry, there's a music stand that has a Reese's, uh, vanilla Reese's cup. And the person who gets back there to that music stand and grabs it, you're the champion. So you grab the three cones.
1: You gotta eat it, so Burke won't eat the no, no, no. Hey, hey, I
2: see two cones. All right, raise your hand if the cone's over there. there. There, There's the second one, and the third one is... No, no, where's your third one? There's a yellow one right in there. It's right there.
0: The, these are my cones. Those he, are your cones. You can't mess with my cones. Exactly. But, and then I got to jump over or under a table and then point at the Bible and
2: grab a recess. You have to open the Bible and point to Acts chapter 10, verse 1. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, you know, see, see, this is one of these things. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have dealt with somebody from the university of Tennessee. All right, man. So, I mean, uh, okay. So, all right. All right. Now, now let's, all right, Now one other thing. So it'd be really, yeah, get in the middle. It'd be really easy in the crowd to mess with these guys. All right. You know, to try to grab them or trip them. I got it. I, I it would be so easy to do that, but I got, I know these guys a little bit, they're whiners, and so I don't want them complaining. But oh man, I would have won if let's not let. So, so you, we have to passively sit there. Don't get in the way. Don't bother them. Pick up the three cones over or under the table. Get to the Bible. Open up Acts chapter ten, verse one, and then get back to this, to the uh, to the to that music stand and grab the Reese's cup. You don't have to eat it. You have to grab it. Are you ready? All right, I, I, we'll uh, we'll count down uh, a three, two, one, then say go. All right, here we go. You ready? Three. Two, one, go!
0: No, got to take the cones
2: with you. Got to take the cones with you. All right, all right. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. Well, you know, maybe next year we'll work on this and stuff, but... uh but I appreciate you guys doing that. And uh, it would be easy now to say, well, what the heck does that have to do with anything? Well, today we're, ta- uh, we're going through this series on wreck the roof. And today's passage, uh, uh, today's theme is to remove the obstacles in, uh, you know, in, in wrecking the roof. Remove the obstacles. Uh, overcome the obstacles. And that's what those guys did. They overcame the obstacles between them and the finish line. And, and so, so when I think about that, it's a... Uh, I, I guess Sam, did you come up with the, the, this theme, these titles, and I really do like them. You did, Grant, Grant did, Grant did. Okay, okay. And I like them because the, the, because the, you know last week we talked about watching for opportunities, okay, and then this week we got to remove the obstacles. And, and as I think about that original story, it's in Mark chapter two or Luke chapter five. Uh, you know the the story of uh, of these men who had a friend who was paralyzed, and they want to bring him to Jesus. They're going to bring him to Jesus. But when they got there to where Jesus was, there was an obstacle between their friend and Jesus. They 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 wanted their uh, Jesus to heal their friend, but there's an obstacle because uh, there's uh, this huge crowd of people gathered around Jesus. He's inside of a house; they can't get to him. So there's the obstacle, and so we want to remove the obstacles between people and Jesus. And uh, and so so the obstacle between their friend and Jesus was very clear: it's the crowd. And, uh, and so, you know, we think, like, well, how can we remove the obstacles and get people to Jesus? But then as I was thinking about that original story, there's also another obstacle involved, and that's for the friends themselves. So, so these, uh, Mark says it's four guys, says, you know, are bringing, Je- bringing this guy to Jesus. And I was like, well, what's the obstacle for them doing that? I think, well, you know, one of the obstacles is, makes sense to me is just their effort. You know, do I really want to do that? So one of the guys says, hey, let's, let's take our friend to go see Jesus, and maybe he can heal him. He goes, well, how do you want to get him? Well, I guess we'll have to carry him. That's kind of a long way. It's across town or whatever. But, you know, they'd have to say, you know, is it worth it? Is that too big of an obstacle? I guess they said, obviously not. So let, let's carry them to Jesus. And so they carry him to Jesus. They overcome the obstacle of their own effort. But then when they get there, there's this huge crowd, you know. And so they go, well, you know. Uh, what are we going to do? Well, you know, let's, one of the guys said, you know, let's, let's try to get in, let's go, and they end up on the roof. Well, that's going to take a lot of effort. To, you know, the, again, it's kind of awkward carrying somebody, getting them up on a roof of a house. Again, they would have typically steps on the outside of a house to get up there, but still, that's going to be a lot of effort, and so they overcame that obstacle. Then when they get up on the roof, again, somebody must have come up with the idea hey, you know, we could tear away the roof and lower him down in, maybe, and stuff. But what's the obstacle? If, if I was there, I'd say, hey, we can't do that, man. We can't tear up somebody's roof. I mean, that's an obstacle. I mean, we're, we're going to destroy private property to try to get, to, to get our friend to Jesus. I mean, that's an obstacle to overcome. It just, is that even right and stuff? So they had to overcome their own obstacles as well. So as I thought about this passage, we're going to remove the obstacles. One is we need to remove the obstacles that, that stand between someone and Jesus, you know, someone who's, who's not affiliated with Jesus, not a Christ follower. We want to remove the obstacles so they can come to Jesus. But then on the flip side, if you're the person who's trying to bring somebody to Jesus, I got to overcome my own obstacles. I got to overcome the obstacles that stand between me and trying to help my friend do that. And so, so today we're going to look at this passage in Acts chapter 10. Uh, Chris and Chris found Acts chapter 10, so congratulations to them. And, and so, but let's do that. If you have your Bible, you can find Acts chapter 10 as well. And and, and in this, I know it says that we're going to look at I don't know, like verses 24 through 33, but you really got to look at the whole chapter for this to work. And so we're going to cover a big passage of Scripture. But but you'll just help me with this, and, and we'll make this work. So we're going to, in Acts chapter 10, and we're going to look at the at the at the obstacles that are involved here in this passage. So in Acts chapter 10, verse 1, it says, uh, at Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing, and he gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. So there's a very interesting character in the Bible. So we, we have a guy who says his name is Cornelius, very common uh, Roman-Latin name at the time, and it says that, that, he, that he was a Roman centurion. Uh, and so, so Roman centurion—that's uh, kind of this equivalent to being a lieutenant or a captain in, in American military uh, services. They were the backbone of the Roman army. Uh, they were the—they uh, were almost always career soldiers. They, they, this is what this is what this guy does, and uh, and so he's he's a. Uh, a Roman soldier living in Israel. It says he's in Caesarea, which is down on the Mediterranean coast, a good, nice place to live. It was a, kind of the uh, the center of Roman political and military power. So he's living there among the Jews, but he's a Roman soldier. But, but it says that he's a, a devout and God-fearing uh, a man. And so uh, when the Jews are talking about somebody being God-fearing, that typically they would mean that that person... Is interested in Jehovah God, and you know, uh, it, which is not a, a Roman god certainly. Uh, and so, so you know, maybe he'd been there in Israel for quite some time. He had he had grown attracted to to the God of the of the Israelites, of, and so he, he was God fearing. He wasn't a Jew himself, but he he he, he worshipped God at a certain level. Said he was he prayed and and he, and he was uh, generous to the people. He's a good guy. He's a good guy, but he's not certainly not with Jesus so what are the obstacles for him so he's a he's a he's a Roman soldier a really good guy a devout that says that the the Jews in the area appreciated him but what's the obstacles between him and being a follower of Jesus Christ anybody now I know I know you I'm I'm a little different I I asked you all for input so help me out here a little bit what's the obstacle between him and Jesus Christ what's that He's a Roman. He's, he's, he's an outsider. And, and, and the Jewish people, now, he could become a Jew, but what would he need to do? Now, he'd need to be circumcised. That's kind of a big step for most guys, you know, in middle age, you know, do that. So, but, but not only that, he, he would need to, he would probably, they, they, I mean, the Romans were the ultimate outsiders for the Jews. I mean, they were the people who were persecuting them, who were overruling them. And so, I mean, he's on the outside. He's on the wrong side of the fence when it comes to God, it seems I'm sure he felt that way, and I was, the Jews go, "Hey, we really appreciate you, but you're not one of us." So he's an outsider. What what else keeps him from Jesus? What's that? How so? Yeah, and so 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 he, not only is he would become an outsider from the Romans if he did that. It seems like he's gonna you know that's it, a real challenge there, and 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 also. He's a God-fearing man, and maybe he's heard about Jesus, but I don't think he knows very much about Jesus Christ. Now, now he, 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 he prays to God, but I, I don't think he would know. So part of it is he just doesn't know of Jesus Christ. And so here's this man, devout man, and, and, and there he is, but he, he's got an obstacle between him and Jesus, and he doesn't even necessarily even know what's in front of him. That can still happen today, can it? You know, there are people that you, that you may know, or, or you could meet, and they go... And they say, yeah, I'm not one of those church people. They feel like an outsider. You know, I, I, I don't, I'm, not really, I'm not really one of them. So a lot of people can feel like they're, they're an outsider when it comes to Jesus and the church, for sure. Or, or they say, you know, God wouldn't want anything to do with me. They feel like they're an outsider. And some people maybe just don't even know that much about Jesus. What are some other obstacles today that keep people from Jesus? And so, and so, so they, say, they say, oh, no, no, I, I believe in Jesus. I, I, I think Jesus is a great teacher. So one of the obstacles between them and, and really knowing Jesus is they only know a little bit about Jesus, and they're good with that. And so, so they may say, you know, I, I'm, I'm good with him. Hey, listen, I'm not against him. He, he, he's right up there with some of the best. But you know, you're not putting him in that God place. What other obstacles are there for people? What's that? Family and friends can be an obstacle because, you know, because... Because just like that Roman soldier, if, if, I, if I really come to Jesus, then I may have to leave them. Also, the family and friends can pull me back and stuff, okay? Anyone else? Yeah, so one of the you said temptation. I think one of the obstacles between people and Jesus is the thought of, well, I can't follow Jesus until I, I get it all right. Or if I do follow Jesus, I'm going to have to lose everything. And so they get into this mindset that following Jesus is going to mean that I'm going to lose everything as opposed to gaining anything. Yes, sir. Yeah, tradition. Well, how so? Yeah, so one of the obstacles that happens is people think like, well, if I'm going to do that, then I've seen, I've seen what it looks like to be religious, and I don't want that. And so they get caught up in all the traditions of the church or religion. So there's a lot of different obstacles. But, but guys, I, I think we need to realize that if you've got someone in your life, they man, it would be really great if they knew Jesus, they've got obstacles. And, and I think one of, the, one of the most powerful things we can do when interacting with someone is to realize, you know, they've got obstacles. And, and I may, I may really, it may be important for me to actually deal with the real obstacles in their life. And not just say, "Man, you ought to come to Jesus." Maybe a better question is, or is to begin to ask them, talk with them, understand what are the obstacles between you and Jesus, because they, they have them. So, you know, what is the obstacle? And then begin to address that actual obstacle, and just saying, "You need Jesus." Saying, "Well, I wonder what's the obstacle between?" Because here's my senses: a lot of you guys who came to Christ as an adult, you and maybe with the help of somebody else, had to overcome some obstacles. Maybe you felt like it was just tradition, or maybe you just felt like he's a good teacher, or maybe you just felt like you got friends and family who were kind of pulling you back, and you had to overcome the obstacle, or you wouldn't be sitting here today. So, so the, the, everybody's got an obstacle who is not with Jesus. And so let's address that directly. So let, let's see how that happens. Well, so, so he prays to God regularly. One day at about 3 in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, said Cornelius. So an angel of the Lord came to him, talked to him, that gets your attention. And he goes, whoa, he was terrified by that. And the angel says to him, hey, here's the deal. Uh, you know, God's seen you. God's heard you. You're not an outsider, okay? He, he's, he, he's heard you. He's seen you. And he says, here's what you need to do. You need to send some men to Joppa. Joppa is another town on the Mediterranean coast, about 30 miles away. Send a couple guys there. You're going to go to a place called Simon the Tanner's house. you go find Simon the Tanner. And stand with him as a guy named Simon Peter. And you go to them and you say, you, you, you want Simon Peter to come and talk with you. And, he, and he, he heard that vision. He goes, okay, I'll do that. So he sends, sends a couple of his men uh, da- down to Joppa, 30 miles away, go find Simon the Tanner, find Simon the Peter, ask him to come back. Powerful. Okay, he, he's in. He, he's trying to overcome the obstacle. All right, so at the same time, if you read on, Simon Peter's staying there at Simon the Tanner's house, and, and he's just standing, which in itself has stretched him a little bit, and he's staying there and... This is early on in the church, and, and so he's staying there, and, and so it says that Peter, during the middle of the day, kind of went up on the, up on the rooftop for a time of prayer. And, and he got a little bit hungry, so he sent down a message, hey, can you prepare something to eat? And while he's up there, he, he, he kind of goes into a trance, and, and he get, has this vision. And, and this vision is that, that, that God is sitting down this huge sheet, a uh, huge piece of cloth, and it's got a bunch of animals in it, some clean and some unclean, it, it appears, and uh, and, and, and and God says to him, he says, hey, well, I'll make sure I'm accurate here. He says, uh, get up, Peter, kill and eat. So, Peter, you're hungry. Why don't you get up, kill, kill something there and eat it. And, and, and Peter responded, surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. For the Jews, what you ate and how you ate and when you ate and the manner in which you did it was so big to who they were. I mean, it was such a big part of their identity and their religious life is what you ate, when you ate, how you ate it. And Peter says, oh, I would never eat anything unclean. So he feels kind of self-righteous in that moment. And God responded and says, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. Says Peter, uh, don't say that something's impure if, I've, if I say it's clean. Now, what's interesting, Jesus had already taught about this some when Jesus was with them. Of course, he's, a, he's died been crucified, resurrected, sent it up into heaven, but Peter didn't get it. Peter still kind of caught on, no, 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 Here, here's what it is to be a Jew, to be a Christian, is to follow all these rules, and, and God says, you know, don't call something unclean if I've called it clean. Just to help Peter with this, the vision happened two more times, so Peter would get it. Peter's a lot like a lot of us. You need to hear this over and over. What's the obstacle for Peter in bringing people to Jesus? What's that? Yeah, Peter is the obstacle. But what about Peter? That's a, that's a good answer. I like that. But what about Peter is the obstacle? So it's some pride, some self righteous pride about, you know, the only people who can come to God are people like me, They're people who do the things I do. And, and God's kind of breaking him of that. It's his own self righteous sense of who, who is God's people. And God's saying, Peter. Man, I've declared everything clean. So it isn't just about this food. It's a double message of, of, there's, of it's about people, too, and everybody's going to come to me. So Peter's struggling with his vision. He starts to come downstairs, and somebody comes and says, hey, there's, three, there's some people here to meet you. Well, who are they? Well, I don't know. You need to go down and meet them. He goes down to meet them, and it's, it's a Roman soldier and a couple other Gentiles, these people outside of the family and Peter goes, oh, I see what you're doing, (laughs) and so it was, God made it nice and clear for Peter, these guys want to talk to you, and he says, what do you want, he says, we want you to come with us to see our master Cornelius, he goes, okay, all right, so here we pick it up, pick it up here in uh, verse 23, and I think you may have it up on the screen here, it says, the next day Peter started out with them, some of the brothers from Joppa went went along, we want to see what's going to happen, so the following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and his close friends. So he calls together this crowd. So Peter had the problem of his own pride, his own prejudice, his own uh, self, sense of self-righteousness. That was his obstacle in bringing these people to Jesus. What are some of the obstacles for us today? bringing other people to jesus now sometimes it will be pride or or self-righteousness you know because a lot of us really feel like people need to get like us before they can come to jesus but what are some other obstacles we have to bringing people to jesus what was that how so So one of, one of the problems, one of the reasons that people have a hard time with coming to Jesus is they see the hypocrisy in us Christians, and one of the problems that we Christians have is we think of, man, if I talk to somebody about Jesus, they're going to say, yeah, but what about you? I, I know you're not perfect. You, you're not doing it, and so we have a sense of, I don't want to be a hypocrite, and so we, we hold back. I got you. Anybody else? Yeah, Luke. Yeah, just... Yeah, 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 boy, and Luke, you've been called that. Yeah, I got it. So you know, that, you know that 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 people will look at you and they'll go like, man, you you're just like, who, you know? And, and I gave the stat last Saturday morning that 83% of unreligious people uh, are 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 resistant to evangelism, and they, and and we have a sense of people won't like it if I try to save them or whatever, and. Uh, and so we have a sense of, man, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be rejected. I, and so I'll just stay safe. But and here's, here's what I would say is instead of trying to evangelize that person, try to just come alongside of them and understand what their obstacle is and talk to them about that and stuff. All right, so, so rejection is a big one. This fear, I won't know what to say. I, I, you know, I, what if they ask me a question I can't answer? So a lot of fear and insecurity stuff gets wrapped up in that. And we go, and that's why we pay the people to church to do. You know, and so so we have a so we have our own obstacles, okay? Just like Peter. All right, so let's read what happens here. So, um. Uh, so 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 he go he goes to their house, and this is a big deal for Peter, and we'll see he'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh, verse 25: As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him, fell at his feet in reverence, but Peter made him get up and say, "Stand up." He said, "Man, I'm just a man myself, dude. You know, don't don't worship me." But think about this: Peter, a Jewish fisherman has a Roman military officer kneel down to him. That, that would have been on a, on a, if God had not prepared him, I think Peter maybe would have kind of, you know, gone for that. But he said, man, you know, don't, don't do that. That's not about me. So verse 27, talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He says, oh, great. He goes, to, he already feels uncomfortable going to this guy's house. He comes in, there's a whole crowd. And it says it was Cornelius' friends and family. They're all outsiders, it's a bunch of Gentiles, a bunch of non-Jewish people, a bunch. And, and right now, the Christian church is almost all Jews who've chosen to follow the Messiah Jesus. Now, last week, y'all talked about Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Philip reached out to some Samaritans and in this, in this Ethiopian guy. But that's, Philip's just kind of a, he's out there, okay. But Peter, he's the, well, he's the rock. He's the center of the church. And now he's dealing with a bunch of Gentiles, a bunch of outsiders and he goes, and you, you all know I'm not even supposed to be here, right? Because all the Gentiles knew the Jews couldn't associate with him, and all the Jews know you don't hang out with Gentiles. You just don't do it. That's not what a good Jew does. Peter says, what am I doing here? And he says, so he says, uh, right in verse 20, he says, he said to them, you're well aware that it's against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or to visit him. He says, I'm not even supposed to be here. But listen to what he says. He says, but God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising an objection. May I ask what you sent me for? Why am I here? Why do you all want from me? He said, I'm not even supposed to be here. And, he, and, and if he's honest, he says, I wouldn't even be here if God had. matter of fact, a week ago, I wouldn't have come here. But God made it clear that for whatever reason, I'm supposed to be here. He goes, what do you want? And, and, and they go, well, I mean, you're supposed to know that, right? Cornelius answered, well, four days ago, and he, go, and he, and he, go, and he goes into this the story again. He goes, Four days ago, I had this vision. God sent me to, to go have Simon Peter come here. So tell us whatever you need to tell us. You're, you're, you're supposed to be here. And so Peter says, Well, okay. So he's just going to tell them about Jesus. And so he, he you know, down here, uh, verse, uh, verse 34, then Peter began to speak. He says, You know, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. He says, You know, I realize. There's no obstacles between you and Jesus. You know, God accepts you too. And then he goes on, uh, he says, uh, you know the message about that God sent people of Israel telling the good news of of peace through jesus christ he goes you all heard of jesus right and i go well yeah we've heard about him he says well let me tell you about him you know because I, I lived with him and he was this man and he wasn't just a man he was the messiah he's not just a good teacher uh, as ken said no no he, he he's 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 the messiah and god sent him and he lived among us and and he was crucified i love it. peter says the jews killed him it's kind of nice to say that to a roman soldier right a roman centurion the jews killed him you all didn't do it well, he might have something to do with it but anyway that's a whole other deal i don't want to start an argument and he says he says he was crucified, but but you know, but then he rose again, and I saw him. I was with him. And so he goes through the story of Jesus, and he says, "Man, that's that's what it's about." And so so he's so here's Peter overcoming the obstacles that this centurion has. He says, "You know what? I realize you're not an outsider. You're you're one of if you love God, God loves you. I mean, yeah, you're in." And and, and then he overcomes the other obstacle. If you just don't even really know that much about Jesus, let me explain him to you. And so here it is, Peter's overcoming the obstacles that this guy has after he overcame his own obstacles. It's a great story. And so while Peter's teaching, God just makes it it clear for Peter, the Holy Spirit comes down on all these people, and they receive the Spirit even while he's teaching. And Peter goes, okay, all right, you know, you guys, you're in. Who am I to say you're outside? As a matter of fact, let's all, y'all need to be baptized, and so they baptize them. But if you read on at the end of chapter 11, when he goes back to Jerusalem, the early church leaders come to him and say, what are you doing? Those were Gentiles. And he goes, it wasn't me, it was God. He overcame the obstacles, and he changed all that. So, so, so here's the idea in the story, and we'll, we'll, we'll move forward here. I love the story because Cornelius had some obstacles between him and Jesus, God says, let's overcome those obstacles. Peter had obstacles in sharing about Jesus with him and and God overcame those obstacles. He's all about overcoming the obstacles between bringing people to Jesus. And we love stories of people overcoming obstacles. We we, we love those, unless they're about us. (laughs) So uh, Andy, get ready for this this video. So uh, I think it was like last week, within the last two weeks on the Sevis Evening News, there was a story about a young man here in Louisville who overcame some obstacles. I mean, we're gonna see it right up here. And, and just as you watch this, think about how America, how our culture loves stories of people overcoming obstacles. Let's hear the story.
0: Technically, 13-year-old Josiah Johnson of Louisville, Kentucky has a disability. Here. But almost no one sees it because Josiah doesn't see it. Although born without legs, the kid has yet to find his kryptonite always did everything the other kids did. But that invincibility was put to the test last fall when Josiah decided to try out for the one sport where altitude is everything, the Moore Middle School basketball team. At this point, you may be wondering, why didn't he just join a wheelchair basketball team? It would certainly be a lot easier. Well, Josiah says, exactly. It was easy, it was too easy. You wanted more of a challenge. Yeah." The gumption it takes to be able to say I'm going to go out and do that, who has that kind of confidence? Me. (laughs) (laughs) But as Mother Whitney says, it's not just confidence, it's stubbornness.
1: Josiah is very competitive and if he feels like something is too easy, he's not going to do it.
0: Still, Josiah knew making the team was a long shot. Fortunately though, Josiah turned out to be pretty good. at long shots he made the team on his merits and over the last few months has become a real contributor getting offensive rebounds assists and because of his unique position on the floor he has caused more than a few turnovers he started taking the ball from people he took the ball from me i was mad you would have thought steph curry was in the gym but his teammates say his best play WAS A COUPLE WEEKS AGO. (laughs) IT WAS JUST A MOMENT THAT I'M GOING TO REMEMBER FOR, LIKE, EVER. IT WAS THE END OF THE GAME, SECONDS REMAINING. JOSIAH SHOOTS FROM THREE. (laughs) AND AGAIN, HIS DISABILITY DISAPPEARED. (laughs) WHAT DO YOU WANT PEOPLE TO TAKE AWAY FROM THIS?
1: TO DO SOMETHING THAT THEY THOUGHT THEY COULDN'T DO.
0: JOSIAH JOHNSON, INSPIRATION AND PROOF that all you need to stand above is confidence. Steve Hartman, On the Road, in Louisville, Kentucky.
2: So we love stories like that, somebody who overcomes obstacles. I love some of the things that were said in there. Uh, you know, he asked the young man, well, you know, what do you want people to learn from that? He said, well, you know, you can overcome obstacles, essentially. And, and at the end, Steve Hartman, I don't know that's great theology, but he says, you can overcome obstacles if you have confidence. So particularly for us as believers in Jesus Christ, when we're trying to bring other people to Jesus, it's really easy to see the obstacles as being so big. I mean, what, what if they see us as a hypocrite? What, what if I don't have the right answer? Well, what, what if they, they reject me? How do we overcome those obstacles? It's, well, it's by having confidence, not in ourselves, but in, in God himself, because God's trying to draw that person to him more than you are. And so as I thought about that, I thought about, how do we overcome these obstacles, or how do we help other people overcome the obstacles between them and Jesus? So let's go back. Let's go wrap this up, come full circle. Let's go back to our America, the Southeast Ninja Warrior thing. Uh, Chris Burke, you you, you, you got involved in that, and I appreciate that. And you almost won, you know, but you didn't follow the rules. But still, that's a whole other deal. But, uh, uh, But, you know... How much, inter- how much effort were you given in this, in doing this, do you think? You know, in the world of zero to 100%, I I, appreciate, I thought that they both might just walk around. But you, you gave. how much effort do you think you put into it? Okay, 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 all right, okay, all right, okay 90%. That's, if that's 90%, you might want to be working out. But anyway, it's a whole other deal. All right, so, uh, uh, but, but still, but still, all right, all right, I got it, I got it, I got it. So, but uh, if, I had said, if I had said, "When you get to the end, there's ten thousand dollars instead of a Reese's cup," do you think you would have given a little bit more effort? Chris Morgan would have. I, I know. I know that. Okay. So, 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 I think one of the things that causes us to try to overcome obstacles is is is, is what, what what's what, what's at the end, and I think one of the things for us when, when we're when we're trying to thinking about bringing other people to Jesus. And again, this is not a guilt trip at all. I don't want to do. I hate it when ministry people do that because I just think it's not very effective either. But do we see what the end goal is? And if we see what the end goal is, the obstacles maybe they're not that great because I mean it's it's like the eternal salvation of somebody. That's a pretty big prize. And so maybe worrying about being called a hypocrite or you know maybe somebody not receiving it real well right, that's, that's that's not quite as important. Uh, let me put it in another Chris Morgan if instead of the table you had to go over or under let's say that it was a, a 30 foot long uh, a pool of water that's about 3 feet deep 30 feet long, 3 feet deep and there's 2 or 3 crocodiles in it let's say 3, 3 crocodiles in it and I said well you, you pick up the cones but then you gotta go through the 30 foot of water with crocodiles and then you do the Bible would you have done that? Okay, no, you wouldn't have done that. Why, why, why wouldn't you do that? It's a simple answer. It's a simple question. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, it's not worth it. I mean, come on, Joe. It's not, no, I'm not doing that. Right. Because you, you wouldn't do that for Reese's Cup and, and even for, to beat Burke. Uh, what if you understood that your child's life depended on that? You, you would you would at least given it a shot. And you, you would have gone. Because you, now it's worth it. Because it's, the risk is worth it. All right, guys. So here's my thought to us. If there's someone in your life that is not with Jesus, not following Jesus, there's an obstacle in their life. There's something between them and Jesus, just like with Cornelius. Just... And so I, I would say to you, like, do you care enough about them to try to understand what the obstacle is? Because that's a very loving thing. Hey, you know, I get it. I get it. You know, the, ch- the church has done you wrong. I get it. I, I, I get it that you, you have a hard time intellectually understanding this whole thing about Jesus. I, I get it that uh, you feel like you're an outsider. So, so just try to understand what their obstacle is, but then also understand what your obstacle is. And because... At at the core, when we're looking at that, we have to decide, is it worth the risk? Is it worth the risk? And I think it's so easy for us as believers in Jesus Christ to say, yeah, it's not really worth it. And so I I might go 70 80%, but I'm going to hold back because it's not really worth it. But I would encourage you to step back and think, hmm, maybe it is worth it. Maybe it is worth it for me to overcome whatever obstacle I have in my life. For Peter, it was a little bit of religious self-righteousness and pride. It may be that for you as well, but it also more more than likely is a little fear, a little insecurity, a little sense of not being enough. And God says, oh, no, no, it's about me. So in the story, Peter doesn't save these people. God does. He just happened to work through Peter. And guys, your job isn't to go out and save people. It's to go out and be the hands and feet and the voice of God that says, you know, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. Let me pray for you guys. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to open your word, to think about your word, to look in the mirror a little bit and, and just ask ourselves, what are, the, what are the obstacles in my life that, that I, I'm hesitant to try to bring other people to you? And Lord, help us just be honest about that. And Lord, I pray for the men right now all across this city who not just aren't here, but just aren't with you men who have have an obstacle in their life that just seems too big to them to come to you and lord help us to be help us to be your voice your hands your feet that begin to help them to see that that obstacle is not too great that that obstacle is real but it's not eternal and lord help us to help our friends our family our co-workers to pull those obstacles away lord all these things i pray in the precious name of jesus christ amen amen